Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Howdy beans, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Stargate Podcast. I'm your host, Luke the Human. Hope you're doing well, hope you're all good, as per usual. So, today's uh, topic is going to be a very, very special one. It's going to be a Doctor Who special today, which I'm so excited uh, to be talking about because I've been waiting so long for not just this special, but the return of David Tennant, and then we've got uh, Donna Noble, Catherine Tate is back, Beep the Meep, one of my favourite uh, villains from classic, classic Doctor Who, which we'll be talking about today, played by Miriam Margulies, as well as all the other specials we've got going. I, I'm just over the moon and so excited to be talking about all of this stuff. But before we get into it, just want to do a quick bit of housekeeping, because you know I like to keep my house clean. So... Um, Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod to be kept up to date on everything and anything that I am doing, watching, reading and all that jazz. And if you are listening on YouTube, don't forget to leave a like, comment uh, down below in the comment box. And don't forget to subscribe and ring that bell to be notified whenever I release a new episode every Sunday. So, as I said, today's topic is I'm going to be reviewing uh, the Star Beast special, which is the first special out of three. Uh, you've got uh, Star Beast, uh, Wild Blue Yonder, which we know nothing about at the moment. Rusty Davis has basically said it's the most crazy, bombastic, out of this world thing and something that you've never seen before in Doctor Who. So that's got me hyped. And we have the Giggle which is the final one, which uh, revolves around the uh, Toymaker, which I've spoke about the Toymaker before, and I'm really, really excited to learn more about uh, the Toymaker and this new rendition of um, him. Um, but today we're talking about the Star Beast special, and I'm going to be covering them all. Uh, the first one obviously comes out as a recording today on the 25th of November. Then uh, with the Wild Bull... Wild Blue Yonder comes next Saturday and then the Saturday after that. So you've got three weeks of Doctor Who goodness coming from me. And I'm just so, so excited um, just to be actually being able to see these. Because again, like I said, I've been waiting so long. It's going it's to be a lot of fun. And as you can tell, I am very, very um, hyped. Um, but today we're going to be focused on the uh, Star Beast. Um, like I said, I'm really, really hyped for the Star Beast. Um, because, like I said... We've got David Tennant back, which, to be honest, I wasn't surprised that David Tennant's coming back. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, it is strange how we always seem to bring David Tennant out. Like, there is jokes online saying, um, you know, David Tennant in the 90th uh, anniversary special, he's like 70, 80 years old, but he's back as the Doctor. You know, <laughs> the, the BBC wheeling uh, David Tennant out again in a wheelchair to uh, be the Doctor again. You know what I mean? It's, it's that sort of comedy, that uh, idea that... Um, we're constantly bringing David Tennant back. But you know what? I'm not complaining. I know it sounds like it, but I'm not. I love David Tennant. I love when he comes back. And they're doing something different with him. He's now the 14th Doctor. He is He's no longer the 10th Doctor. He has the same face and maybe the same mannerisms. But one of the upsides to this character is the fact of he has also now been um, Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, and Jodie Whittaker. He has all their personality, all their experiences, all their memories with the, the face of the 10th Doctor. You know what I mean? So we 
he, we have that sort of um, that history still with the character, but also the confusion as we've seen in the trailers of like, why am I back? Why is this face back? What, this makes no sense. And also the fact of why is it not Shutigawa? Why is it not the 15th Doctor? Or, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of questions that are to be answered in, in these specials. But I just love to see David Tennant back. You know, he was back for the 50th and we had John Hurt as a war, doc, as a war doctor. We had Matt Smith back. Um, so it is nice to, to see him back. Um, I'm just really, really excited for it because I don't know why he's back, and that's kind. Of, and obviously, that's the fun side about it. But at the same stage, is the fact of I love him. We all do. Who doesn't love David Tennant, especially in Doctor Who, and even not in Doctor Who? You know, Good Omens, staged everything he's in. He's, he's just pure gold. The man can't do any wrong, in my opinion. And I'm sure in most Doctor Who fans' opinions. So him back as a 14th Doctor is really, really exciting. As well, like I said, we have Donna. Um, like I said, I love Catherine Tate. Donna is my favourite companion um, of the revival, as well as she's my favourite companion um, for 10. I love Martha. I feel like Martha was completely snubbed because of Rose. I spoke about this many, many times before, that um, Martha deserved a lot more from the 10th Doctor, but because the 10th Doctor was still hung up on Rose, he couldn't give her what she wanted, so she, she basically went off and joined Unit and, and went on her own adventures, which is a shame, um, but I still feel like Martha was one of Dave Tennant's best uh, companions, but again, overall, you can't beat, hands down, um, the two brain duo, uh, Dr. Donna. You just can't beat it. They are the best. You know, The Fires of Pompeii is one of the, my favourite stories. That you can show how, like, the range of Catherine Tate having such emotion. Uh, you know, um, Runaway Bride, that one, when they first meet, it's all great. And it's just nice to have Donna back. But again, what does it mean to be for Donna to be back? Because, as we all know, the last time that the 10th Doctor and Donna were together, he had to wipe her memory. Because if he didn't, she she would die. So he had to wipe her memory. And if she ever remembers the Doctor, anything about the Doctor, anything like that, her mind would melt. My, not my words, the Doctor's words, stuff, it will melt, she will die. And also, we don't want that because we love Donna. And the Doctor, you know, it's it's the Doctor's best friend. So, obviously, he doesn't want that either. So... Why is she back? What does it, you know, what happens if she remembers? How is it that she remembers? Obviously, I have my theories. I have, I have my theory that it's something to do with the Celestial Toymaker, that he's playing a game, he's playing a trick. Um, and maybe I'll get into that theory more so near to the end of, of this um, episode. I'll write in my notes to go into a bit more detail about that. Um, but I want to focus more on Beep the Meep and the Star Beast for this one. But I, I have a feeling that's got something to do with the Celestial Toymaker. But we'll get on to that when we watch the episode tonight and then if it comes up or if it doesn't i'll maybe slide in at the very very end of the review of, of my theory as to why i think or maybe even um if we do find out why donna can remember in this episode which i feel we might do um i'll add it in there we will see as i don't have not haven't seen that yet but there's a lot just going into it not even talking about the episode itself just going into this episode Knowing that we're going to see the 10th Doctor back as the 14th Doctor, that he has the same face, but all the old memories and as to why he has come back. You know what I mean? Um, and again, Donna's back. What that means. And, you know, we've now got Beep the Meep, played by Miriam Markley's, which, in my opinion, is the most inspired casting Doctor Who's ever done. Uh, to us, it's the most inspired casting any TV show or movie has ever done, in my opinion. Um, because I... I when they announced Beep the Meep, I didn't. My first thought was, who's going to play them? My first thought was the fact of, oh my god, they're doing Beep the Meep. And for anybody who doesn't know who Beep the Meep is, I'll go into a bit more detail into him and his character um, in a minute. But 
I was a big fan of Beat the Meep. I've listened to Big Finish. Uh, Big he shows up a lot in the Big Finish. Um, I've recently read, which I'll go into more detail again in a minute. Um, his first ever appearance in uh, a comic that was in I think it was in Doctor Who Weekly, um, back in like the eighties, the seventies or eighties. Um, but I, I've recently read that. But I've also experienced it before, and I love the character Beat the Meat. But he's never a character I'd ever thought would would transition from um, the comic to audio to film. Oh, you know, I'd never thought that would happen. And here we are having it. And then when they said Miriam Margulies is doing the voice, it blew me away. It really, really did because you just that's what you just wouldn't expect. And this is what I love so much about these specials is the fact of it feels a lot like you know fan sort of like saying thank like it's it's the 60th anniversary it's it's a way of saying thank you to fans for being fans for this long for 60 years for sticking with it for making it still be alive to love to basically supporting the revival as well as supporting the classic and bringing back old old uh, villains bringing them old faces and just having a I, I hate to use the word but fan wank you know what i mean very much the fact of here you go here's everything take it all enjoy it you deserve it. Thank you for giving us 60 years. Shploot. You know what I mean? Like, bleh, there you go. And for me, I'll take it. I love it. You know, th thank you to Russell T. Davis to giving us all, all this stuff. And, you know, keeping secrets. And granted, I want to know everything about it. But for keeping secrets, for the Wild Blue Yonder episode that comes next week, which is meant to be bombastic and strange, and the one episode that we have had hardly any information about at all, um, there's a lot going on. So... You know, this, the idea that we're going back to, to basics, that we're, we're taking who back uh, and we're bringing back David Tennant, only for these specials, but we're bringing him back and we're bringing in Mary Margulies, we're bringing back Donna Noble, we're bringing back loads of new characters, old and new. I, I'm so, so excited. As you can tell, I'm hyped. I, I'm very, I'm trying my best not to stutter. I'm trying to stifle the stuttering so I can get this out clearly and coherently. Because um, I know, as anybody who's a regular listener, knows that whenever I get excited and whenever I get really hyped up, I stutter. Obviously, I don't want to do that because I want to be as coherent as possible. But I am generally over the moon for this episode. I really can't wait to get into it. But before we do, before we take a break and then we go into the review that I'll be watching tonight, because I'm recording this in the morning um, so that I can get uh, the intro done and that when the intro is done, I can go off tonight, watch the episode at 6.30pm uh, tonight on BBC One. For anybody who, who wants to watch, who doesn't know what time it's on, it's on tonight, BBC One at half six in the afternoon. Um, watch that, and as soon as the episode finishes, I'm going to run to my computer, write down as many notes as I can. I'm just going to give you my first initial impressions and hype and blah, 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 and all that jazz. Um, and so I can get it out either that night, or I mean tonight, or um, early hours Sunday morning so that it can be out and people can enjoy it. And yeah, so that's my hope. But before... Um, we, we take a break and we get into all that kind of stuff. I just um, want to talk about um, the fourth Doctor for a second. I know we're going back back to uh, Tom Baker. He's my favourite uh, Doctor of the classics. And you're probably thinking, what's that got to do with the Star Beast? Well, let me explain. So, recently, I purchased uh, this graphic novel, which you can't see. So, I don't even know why I said that I, I used the word this. But I, I bought a graphic novel collection uh, anthology collection from um amazon i bought it a long time ago i forgot that i had pre-ordered it and it came at the beginning of november it is the fourth doctor anthology um and what it is it is a big 
graphic novel collection of about 300 plus pages of all the Fourth Doctor uh, comic book strips that were in um, Doctor Who Weekly as well as Doctor Who Monthly. So I'll just give you a list of all of them that are in here. So we have The Iron Legion, um, which was originally printed in Doctor Who Weekly, issues 1 to 8, uh, City of the Damned, Time Slip, The Star Beast, The Dogs of Doom, uh, The Time Witch, Dragon's Claw, The Collector, uh, Dre Dreamers of Death, The Lifebringer, War of the Words, Spider God, The Deal, End of the Line, Free Fall Warriors, Junkyard Demon, The Neutron Knights, and About the Authors. Um, on the back it says, uh, Panini Comics is proud to present the complete collection of Fourth Doctor comic strips taken from the early years of Doctor Who Weekly and Doctor Who Monthly, starring the uh, incredible Tom Baker, incarnation of the legendary Time Lord. The 17 wild and witty tales sees the Doctor encounter classic foes such as the Daleks, Cybermen and the Santarans, plus dangerous new threats including robotic Centaurans, insectoid alien hunters, deadly psychic vampires and a whole lot more, featuring stories by some of the biggest names in British comics including David Gibbons, Mike McCann, Pat Mills, Stephen Moore, Paul Neely, uh, Steve Parkhouse, Des Skin, and John Wagner. Now, the reason I got this, I'll be honest, is not just because I love the Fourth Doctor and I want to read more of his stories. And obviously, I wasn't around when Doctor Who Weekly and Doctor Who Monthly was um, out and published. I actually don't think they have the dates of when those uh, comics were out. Um, no, they don't. Um, but I wasn't born when these comic strips were out, so I missed them. And to buy these collections on their own are mega expensive. So to get this all in one big collection for not bad, about I think about like £23, um, was pretty incredible. But one of the reasons I got it was once I found out that uh, Beep the Meat was coming back for these specials, it came from the original story, The Star Beast, I had to get it. So that's why I pre-ordered it months ago. As soon as it came on sale, I pre-ordered it. Um, and when it came... I rushed, well I say rushed, I slowly made my way through it, reading uh, the, the Iron Legion, which is an incredible story um, about um, robot, robot legionnaires from the future, from the far, far future that come back into the past and conquer it. And it's kind of like a, an alternative timeline where this alien race gave the Roman Empire um, advanced technology. And obviously the Roman Empire, being the Roman Empire, took this technology, advanced of it, and decided they, des they don't just want to conquer Earth. They want to conquer every single planet and have a whole, the, a galactic Roman Empire. It's a fantastic story. Um, then you've got the City of the Damned, which is an incredible one. It's about emotions and, and, that's, and that sort of thing. And it's very much of like 1980, or George Orwell's 1984 kind of story. Uh, then we have like a short story with the time slip. And then finally we get to the Star Beast <coughs> that was written by Pat Mills and John Wagner. Um, and originally printed in Doctor Weekly issues 19 to 26. Um, and if I go back all the way, flick through to um, the Star Beast first where is it? 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 There we are. Star Beast, the first ever issue. Um, when I wanted to read it, I wanted to kind of get an idea as to what they were going to do. Like, I wanted to see how they were going to take the story and change it for what we were going to see on screen. Basically, I wanted to get a, a leg up. I wanted to kind of see what the inspiration was. Because obviously, I've heard Beat the Meep in other uh, 
um, forms before. Like I said, big finish. I've listened to Beep the Meep. I know who Beep the Meep is. Obviously, I've been very candid, not just in, in, in this review, but other reviews um, that I've, I've ever mentioned Beep the Meep. And whenever time I've tweeted about it or posted it on Instagram or whatever, I've been very candid about my um, thoughts on Beep the Meep because I know that Beep the Meep is a wonderful character, but he's he's a very obscure Doctor Who character. He's, he's a character that not many people, unless you're a diehard Doctor Who fan, he's not a villain that you know of, or he's not a character that you know of. You know, so I've been trying my best to kind of have closed lips about what Beep the Meep's like, um, about how the Beep, like, I'm trying to be candid already, but very much the fact of, I've been trying to be vague, the fact of like, you know, Beep the Meep is very cute and he's very lovely, um, but you know, be very wary, don't trust him, you know, that's the point, he's meant to be cute, there's a, you know, there's a reason behind that, and again, I haven't spoiled it for anybody, um, but when with this story, I wanted to see where that all started. I wanted to not just to find out more about Beep the Meep and his origins, but again, like I said, how they're going to translate this story into um, the into the show. And from looking at the trailers and from what I've now read of the Star Beast, um, they have taken certain bits. Like it, the, the it opens up. Look, I'm looking at the pages now. It opens up with uh, Beep the Meat spaceship flying over um, the city and landing in an old steel mill, which we have seen in the trailers. So they are t- they are keeping something. And even the design of the ship in this looks exactly... They've actually taken the design of the ship in the um, show as well. So they've, it's transferred quite well. Um, but in the story, you have these two school school children that... Um, see the ship go over. One's a really big science, science, um, sci-fi sort of nerd. Uh, this other girl, she's not into science fiction as her mate is, and that like they're they're basically walking home, going, uh, just imagine Sharon, uh, the monsters from outer space could be lurking somewhere in this dump. Sharon goes, "Don't be stupid, Fudge. You've been reading too many space comets. They rot your brain, you know." And then, um. A mate goes, what's this green slime? They follow this green slime into a shed. And in the shed, who do they see? Beep the meep. And he just looks um, very, very cutely and goes, meep, meep. Um, and he is. He's absolutely adorable. And the way they, they write him and the way the story goes on, um, he's really, really cute. And then you meet the Waff, the Raff Warriors and who the Raff Warriors are. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil who the Raff Warriors are, but I was quite surprised of the, the twist in the story. But then, and then, you obviously, you get the Fourth Doctor comes in because um, the Fourth Doctor was on his way to Benidorm, found his way back on Earth, and now he's being attacked by the Raff Warriors. So, obviously, I don't want to go too much into it, but from reading this story, there are a lot of twists and turns, and it is it truly a fantastic story. And, and like I said, when you first read it if you if you didn't know anything about beep the meep you would be completely caught off and be completely surprised by a lot of things i wasn't all the way through i i i knew not to be surprised i i really really did but i just love how it goes into there are certain scenes in this that you do see in the trailer there's a scene where the fourth doctor is sitting down with the kids and with meep in somebody's living room and they're talking to the meep and the meep is telling them who these creatures are who these wrath warriors are why they're trying to um kill him and why they're tracking him down um 
and obviously the doctor's listening to it and again we see that scene so i would imagine that would be a scene as well um and yeah there's there's a a lot 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 more obviously i'm not going to go into it in full detail but i have read the star beast story um and i don't really have much in the way of things that i want to say because in terms of spoilers but i do sort of my speculation onto what this is i think generally i think from reading from what i've seen in the trailers and they've already released certain snippets of um bits from tonight's episode which i've tried my best not to watch there's one snippet um where you have rose which is uh, donna's daughter is talking to beep um and beep's talking to back and she's trying to, it's, it's quite calm i've only seen like i, I couldn't help it so i watched about 10 20 seconds i didn't watch the full thing but i couldn't have watched 10 20 seconds of it um where, they, where they're talking together there's that scene and then there's another scene where which this one i didn't watch at all because once i found out what the subtext was i start watching completely but there's this one scene where uh the 14th doctor obviously david Tennant, is talking to um a lady about what happens if donna remembers um Again, that one, I'd skip that one completely because I want to experience that one fresh. Um, but my sort of speculation in terms of what it means or from reading the Star Beast, the original sort of graphic novel, I mean, or, I mean comic strip, and then seeing what I've seen in the trailer and the small s- snippets, my speculation is I think this is this episode is sort of your introduction, not just for new fans. Well, but also for returning fans. It's an introduction of like, we're going back to what you know of Doctor Who. This is a good sort of, it's a classic adventure, basically. The Doctor has arrived in a, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a place, this time being Cardiff. He's now meeting, uh, meeting, that's a word. He's now meeting a old uh, companion, which again, as we know with Donna, can't remember him or she will die. What does that mean? So we're bringing in an old favourite companion, we're bringing in Beep the Meep, and Beep the Meep is being hunted down by the Wrath Warriors, which is a, a very classic sort of story. Again, like I said, there are twists and turns in the Star Beast story, which I won't get into. Um, you might say, look, you spoiled it for yourself, but I like, I want to, I, I basically wanted to see what they would change. And I feel like, in terms of the review as well, when I get around to actually watching it and reviewing it later, I can then sit here and go, this was like this in the original source material and this is what they changed or this is what they kept and this is what they got rid of you know what i mean i i I did it for me but also i did it for you beans as well because i wanted to give you sort of the most varied sort of opinion and most sort of um in-depth uh look into these episodes as well um so yeah i feel like my speculation of this episode i think it's just a back to basics classic adventure i think it, it the craziness and the bombasticness comes We'll come later on with Wild Blue Londa and we'll come later on with The Giggle. Now, that's a theory. I don't know. For all I know, we'll watch this episode and it will end on, on a huge cliffhanger and it'll be bombastic and crazy and it will all sort of tie in and I'll be completely wrong and this is not a classic adventure. This is something completely different. But I feel like this is a great way to kind of introduce new fans to a new sort of thing because Beat the Meep, he's like Grogu. He's like, he's a cute character. Um, obviously, you shouldn't trust the the meep, but he's a cute character. He's enough to bring a lot of new audience in. People who are not Doctor Who fans, it's enough to bring him in. As well as he's a very complex character. The Star Beast is a story is a very incredible story as well. It's one of my favourites now with the Fourth Doctor. Um, 
so it's a, it's a great idea to really sort of bring him back for this and that. And obviously he's, he's a classic one. And, and from reading the other stories that I've read so far up until the Star Beast, I'm actually currently re- uh, reading the War Dogs, which is another fascinating story. But the Star Beast, the, it proves that there's a possibility and that there's a chance that old media, in terms of um, comic strips, can now be used in um, Doctor Who live action, can be used in the show. And if they can bring back Beep the Meep, I want them to bring back Frobisher. I won't go into too much detail about Frobisher, but if you know who Frobisher is, um, Frobisher is a shape-shifting character, um, but his his favourite shape that he likes to, to morph into is a penguin. Um, and I love it. And it, he's one of the six doctors, um, which is Colin Baker's doctor. He's one of six six doctors uh, companions, and they go on adventures together. And I just love Frobisher. And if you've never experienced Frobisher, um, get onto Big Finish, look for the um, comic strips. Uh, they're, they're incredible. Whenever the six doctor and Frobisher are together, you know you're gonna have a fantastic time. And I feel like the doctor should have an alien companion, or even just like a penguin companion that can talk. And it's sassy as hell. But again, it it just shows the fact of if Beep the Meep can do it, then there are other stories in not just this, this fourth anthology series uh, that can make the leap, but other Doctors, um, other Big Finish stories, other um, Big Finish villains or other comic villains or heroes or companions in X, Y and Z. Um, it, it proves that that can happen now. So I'm really, really excited and I've been talking for 25 minutes now just for the introduction. I didn't think the introduction was going to be this long. But I'm, I, as you can tell, I'm very hyped. I've been trying to stifle my stuttering. And I've been trying my best not to repeat myself. Because uh, that happens when I get excited. Uh, my dyslexia kicks in and I, I repeat myself and I stutter. So I do apologise for that. Um, but I'm just really happy. There's, there's nothing more I can say. Um, so tonight is the uh, first episode of the specials. I'm so excited to see the Doctor and Donna back and to have those questions answered. You know, wh- how can the Do- Donna re- remember the Doctor? Why does Donna, re- like, why uh, is Beep the Meep there? You know, how does Beep the Meep, um, like, sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? How does he connect to the story? Do we see the Celestial toy maker in this episode? Do we not? Um what like what's going on with Shooty? Like, do we see hints of of his Doctor, you know, or anything? Do we see the Edge again, as we saw with um, uh, the last Doctor? Um, I'm trying. I've just blanked on the name. I feel so bad about it. Um, but you know, will we see the Edge there? Will we understand what's going on in terms of how it works with regeneration and that sort of thing? There's a lot of questions that need answering. Maybe we won't get them all in this episode. Um, Oh, Jodie Whittaker, sorry. Jodie Whittaker, um, that we saw the edge with Jodie Whittaker's doctor on, on her last special. There's so many questions as to what happens and what's going to happen that I can't wait just to, to take it all in and um, to be hyped again. And I'm probably going to cry. I'm probably going to be in tears again. So get ready for the emotions and sadness. Um, but genuinely, overall, my last final thoughts before we get onto the review is that I'm excited and I am happy that Doctor Who is going back to um going back to to something that just feels home to me um we're bringing back one of my favorite doctors we're bringing back one of my favorite companions to me and bringing up one of my favorite villains in a new format 
to me, I'm going to get emotional now, but to me it just feels like, I feel like a child again. I feel like a kid watching David Tennant again run around on screen. And for that, I can't wait. So, um, without further ado, let's get into the Star Beast episode, shall we? I'm done talking. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's go. Elon Z. So I've just finished watching the Star Beast, and <clears throat> to give you any sort of indication of how I'm feeling, uh, my eyes are still stinging from the crying um, <laughs> that I did <clears throat> for this um, episode. I'm still a bit choked up about it, to be honest. It's it it. it it was just lovely, honestly, to see the Doctor and um, Donna back. It was just lovely to see Donna back. It was just lovely to see David Tennant back as a Doctor. It made me feel like a, like a little kid again, like a, a little bean, a young bean, watching David Tennant and Rose and David Tennant and Martha and, and it just seeing him back, it just took me back to my childhood. It was lovely. Um, what could have made it better was bringing Christopher Eccleston back. You know what I mean? It was that sort of feeling. It was different, but it it was um, new. It was comfortable, but it was odd and and just crazy. And it was it was generally really really lovely. That's if I had to like had to describe this episode in one word, I would just say it was lovely. Because it was, and it is. It was absolutely just lovely. Um, I was right about a few things, my theories. Um, they were like pictures out that ate a while ago, like little screenshots. And I, one of them looked, uh, it was where the doctor's inside this like, little sort of compartment with full of loads, like surrounded by loads of switches and like dials. And I was like, that's beeps and meep ship. And people were like, no, it's not. It's it's the blow blue yonder and it's this and that. And then it was like beep the meep ship. And I was like, I knew it was beep ship. Um, but generally, ev- everything about this episode was just nostalgia berries. It was it was like, oh, you remember? I remember. You remember? I like you like Doctor Who. I like Doctor Who. I remember Doctor Who. Remember David Tennant? I remember David Tennant. Remember Doctor? Dan- you know what I mean? It was <laughs> it was pure nostalgia berries, member berries. It was absolutely wonderful, lovely, charming, um, fantastic for me. Um, and that that's just my my sort of first impressions, really. Um, to kind of, but you know, we're all here to listen to me break it down, not me break down, because I will break down. I almost did break down, um, but we're here to listen to me break down um, the episode. So starting off with the plot, the plot uh, runs very much the same as the um, graphic novel. They stick very very close to the source material. Um, as I mentioned in the introduction, I was intentionally vague but i can be a bit more open now now that i've seen the episode and now that i know the story of the graphic novel um they follow the same obviously beep the meep ship is being attacked by the wrath warriors so he crash lands on earth and um in the graphic novel or in the comic strip shall i say two school children find the meep take him to their shed hide him there look after him and try to keep uh, the meep safe well in this version, uh, again, the Doctor comes out the TARDIS and he's kind of like happy as Larry. What you've got to remember at this stage, and 
you would only really know this unless you was a, a follower of Doctor Who magazine. Um, but the Doctor at this point has already been on about three adventures already in a comic um, that have ran through um, Doctor Who magazine since the beginning of the year, which I've been keeping up to date with, um, which actually, funny enough, where they end, it has, that ties in with the Children of Need episode. So technically, he's been on four adventures, one tiny mini-adventure with the Children of Need. So he's not really fresh face. He's already been through a few things. He's already battled the Daleks in, in the comic strips. Um, so when we see him here with that subtext... Um, he's happy as Larry. He he's back in his in his old skin. He doesn't know why he's back, but he's back. He's an old favourite. Um, but he's got all the memories of his past doctors. He he he's not he he. It's hard to explain, and I've tried my best to explain it. He doesn't feel like the tenth Doctor, but at the same stage he does. Now maybe that's me roasting to glasses. Maybe with that's the nostalgia. I always put. I always match David Tennant with the 10th Doctor because that's who he always will be to me no matter who he's playing in whatever movie TV show he will always be the Doctor to me um, but he feels quite differently because he has the memories of Jodie Whittaker of Peter Capaldi of Matt Smith he has the prior memories of all their adventures and he has their personalities and he shares them as well as well as having the same old face as well as having um, sort of his somewhat personality he had when he was the 10th Doctor as well. So it's amalgamation, really. It's a bit of a of a collection. Um, I wasn't using the word hodgepodge, but that sounds a bit too negative because it's not negative. It's, it's quite positive and quite lovely um, collection with it. But he's out and about. He's enjoying himself. And then, you know, he sees somebody in need. So he runs over, goes, oh, let me help you there. Next thing you know, it's Donna. And he's freaking out. He's like, "Oh no!" Uh, but like, he wants to walk away, but he can't because not just because it's Donna, he hasn't seen Donna in a long time, but also the fact of he's the Doctor's a nice bloke, really, isn't it? Um, so the Doctor helps Donna, and it's this sort of um, situation where it's like, um, uh, um, uh, uh, sort of moment. Um, but that brings Donna into it really, really well. And then from there, the Doctor quickly starts to realise that this whole sort of event is revolving around Donna that she's involved somehow, that no matter whatever he does, he can't get away from the fact that Donna is the centre of this, that something is coming towards her, and that um, he, why, now he's got this new face, Will does he see Donna again? Why? You know, um, and there's so many more questions, and then you, you, it switches back to Rose meeting the Meep, and Rose looks after Meep, and then that sort of link, links in as well with Donna's mom, and she not liking the Doctor at all, trying her best to make sure that Donna never remembers, because of course she doesn't want her daughter to die. Um, so then, you know, this then leads to a bit of banter, a bit of comedy when the Doctor does eventually turn up, um, and yeah, the story tends to go from there really um and as it as it progresses we get to see him use his new sonic which this sonic is doing things i've never seen a sonic do no one's ever seen a sonic do this not even in the comics not even in big finish this is something that we've never seen as a sonic screwdriver do um the doctor can make force fields using his sonic like force field like big light uh, walls and he can move them he can make screens out of like squares he can do loads of different things and some people might not like it because a lot of people, and I know I've got friends who don't like that the Doctor uses the um, sonic screwdriver as sort of like um, a walking stick. Uh, you know, he, he basically uses it. To, it's like a jail out of free card. You know, I love the Sonic, but it's the fact that when the Doctor's just like, oh, I've solved all the world's problems. 
just by using the Sonic. You know what I mean? And that doesn't bother me. I quite like it because at the end of the day, it's a tool. It's what it's meant to be there for. I know people don't like it. Oh, the Doctor always saves saves the day by using the Sonic. But at the end of the day, it's a tool. It's what it's there for. It doesn't bother me. But what I like about this Sonic that he uses, it do, you don't really get an explanation as to why it does it. It just does. But it seems like it's a Sonic that's actually made for this generation, this new generation of Doctor Who. It just makes sense going forwards that really the 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 Sonic and the Doctor should be a lot more advanced and it it should be able to do all these extra things that we see it doing because it's a tool it should be, it's a multi tool it can do more than open open doors and um resonate concrete you know what i mean there's a lot more that the, the Sonic should do and i love that you know so we get to see the new Sonic in action and how it works and that's a lot of fun um and we get to get to know more um about sort of donna what donna's been doing all this all these 15 years um and then we you know we had to have interactions with the meep that mirror mirror mark lee's does such a fantastic job with the plot and i'll go into detail about each one of these little characters and things as we go on but following the plot it's great it's really really good you know we, we get to see rose in action which is uh, donna's daughter we get to see uh the raf warriors more of unit um aliens great special it's like watching a movie it feels like watching a movie to me um and then obviously the meep becomes more than the meep um the meep's evil um and i always knew the meep was this is why i was being very candid this is why i was being very really vague um I, I did realize after i finished the introduction that i let slip that the meep was a villain in the introduction so if i spoiled it in the introduction i do apologize for anybody but yes the meep is a villain um and I like how they how they stick to to the story of the Meep and they stick to the story of the Star Beast. It does follow it quite um, authentically. To be honest, the only difference is instead of two um, kids finding the Meep, it's just one. It's Rose, um, and um, the instead of obviously the fourteenth Doctor, it's the fourth Doctor. Um, but it, it's it's really really good. Very very faithful. Very well done. Definitely something to be proud of. If you know, the writers of those. Um, of that original story they should definitely be proud of their story because it was done very very faithfully a few changes here and there but overall it was a very faithful adaptation that i really really loved um and yeah it was just it was so great to see the meep in live action it really really was but my overall thoughts and feelings of the plot is generally that i loved it i thought it was great and i can't wait to see what happens next um one thing that, that we did get and again, I'll get into a bit more a bit of information, is that at the end of this episode, I was waiting, because usually at the end of the credits, it's the what next. We always get it with every Doctor Who. It's the fact if you get the credits, and then it goes, get what next, you get to see the highlights of what the next adventure is going to be. That didn't happen. There was none of that. It just ends after sort of what happens with the Doctor and Donna, which again, I'll talk into a bit more information near to the end. Um, so we don't know about anything so they really are keeping this wild blue blue yonder episode under wraps um so it's kind of scary to where we go next but i'm excited so next saturday can't come soon enough um one thing i wanted to do is i wanted to go down um basic bits talk about a bit more information about certain things go into a bit more detail so i want to talk about the 14th doctor in more detail donna and beep the meep and we'll talk about the tardis interior but we'll save that for the best till last um so like I said, the 14th Doctor, beginning with David Tennant back as the 14th Doctor, as I mentioned, he is a amalgamation. He is a wonderful collection 
of Matt Smith. He's a wonderful collection of Peter Capaldi. He's a wonderful collection of Jodie Whittaker. There are moments where the Doctor um, does things um, and he expresses emotions, expressions. He says certain things. And when he says them, he stops himself because, oh, is, is that who I am now? Is that is that the sort of things that I say? And it's 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 a sort of a look back into the old doctors, you know, where you have sort of the love and emotion of certain doctors and the way that some doctors were more emotive than others. Whereas Peter Capaldi was a very sort of closed off person who used to use a lot of cards um, gesture cards, you know, to get across what how we feel in how he feels and that sort of thing. Um, you've got Matt Smith's more sort of jolly, um, jolly, wacky, clowny sort of side. And then you've got Jodie Whittaker's more open, emotive sort of love, um, fam side of it all. Um, so you do get to see certain moments where the different doctors start to come through. Um, uh, my see my theory of the 14th Doctor originally, my original, original theory before we learned anything about the 14th Doctor was that um, it was going, they, they, they were basically just showing David Tennant, but I had a theory of like, there's got to be a bit more to it. And I had a theory of like, maybe somehow that the regeneration is 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 bunked really is is broken and that every now and then the doctor might be david tennant and then a situation might come up and without the doctor's control or maybe with the doctor's control he regenerates quickly again and next thing you know he's peter capaldi and then you've got peter capaldi running around uh, doing things because the other doctor couldn't do it and solving things and, and being a bit more sort of streamlined and then he changes again, and next thing you know, he's Jodie, he's Jodie Whittaker, and he's he's like, oh, oh, oh you know, Jodie Whittaker being Jodie Whittaker, and then it's Matt Smith, and then it's back to David Tennant, and they argue with each other, and that's sort of, and that was my original idea of what the Fourteenth Doctor was going to be. It was going to be amalgamation, but it, it was going to be a visual amalgamation. It was going to be they they're going to keep changing forms, changing faces. Now that might still happen. We don't know. There's two more episodes to go. Um, and they might have been able to keep all that under wraps. Because like we said, we know nothing about the Wild Blue Yonder. So that theory could still be real. I don't know. It's just a theory. Or should we say a hypothesis? Because a theory is not a theory unless it's been corroborated by multiple sources. So it's, so it's just a hypothesis for now. Um, so who knows? Who, who knows? Like I said, Wild Blue Yonder, we know nothing about it. But that was my original sort of hypothesis of what I thought um the uh, 14th doctor was going to be it wasn't going to be a doctor it was going to be multiple doctors in one body in one form um but what we did get david tennant was lovely like i said he is the 10th doctor but he isn't the 10th doctor he's the 14th doctor he is jody but he is matt he is peter as well as he's all his other incarnations as well it's all coming to a head and then it's all leading towards donna and he's very confused but he's also very happy he's very jolly He's the same man, but he isn't. It's hard. I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's one of those of just like when you watch the episode, which I'm, I would imagine most people listening to this have seen it. You will know what I'm trying to say. Is that instantly you can tell he is the, he is ten, but he isn't ten. He's different, you know. And I like that because I, I don't be wrong. I love David Tennant, but I was worried that they were just going to say he's the fourteenth Doctor, but he was going to play it like the tenth Doctor. Um, and to me, I didn't think he did. I think there was 10 there because he is the face of 10. Um, but there were the other doctors there as well. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate because it, it allows David to push the boat out. You know, he, it allows David to be like, look, I'm not just retreading old ground. I get to experiment. I get to try something different. I get to be myself, but I get to be somebody else. I get to be the fan as well as the actor at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, 
And for that, it, it was absolutely wonderful. It, that was one of the best things, just to kind of, um, just to just to see it. But one thing I didn't mention. Oh God, I just remembered. One thing I didn't mention is this: this episode starts in the most oddest way ever, and odd, odd in a good way, because odd is always good. There's, odd is always wonderful. Always good to be different. Always good to be odd. Um, but this episode starts in a way that I've never seen anything ever in Doctor Who. It basically starts where you have the 14th Doctor, he's standing there next to what could be either Time Lord Energy or a Nebula, I'm not really sure. Um, and he's he's standing there in, in the in the sort of blackness of space and he's basically explaining to the audience, um, basically like a recap for anybody who, I would imagine this is for new fans as well as anybody who hasn't seen uh, the Doctor and Donna together since the last 15 years, like after they, that ended, they did, they start watching. Um, and it's just, it's this little recap being, like, look, I had a friend, her name was Donna, I had to wipe her memory, she saved the universe, but if I didn't wipe her memory, she would have burned and she would have died. And then you, it cuts back to uh, Donna and she's sitting at her a table in her kitchen and she talks to the audience and she explains um, her side of the story and that sort of thing and she explains like she feels like she's lost something um, so it's a quick way to kind of get the audience um, ready really for up to date for what's going on so they can understand why this this doctor is has such a sort of um, love and um connection to donna and why donna can't remember and that sort of thing um which was absolutely wonderful which again was done really really well um so for that was 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 aces really absolutely wonderful um moving on from the 14th doctor to donna like it was wonderful to have donna back it really really was i say to this day and i said introduction but i would say to this day donna noble is one of the best companions um of modern who in my opinion, people will disagree. People like like uh, the, all the other um, companions, but for me, Donna will always be the best because, in my opinion, the Donna Donna brought out the best in the Doctor, um, and it showed not just not just Ten's Doctor, but the Doctor in general. Um, there were many moments where it kept. To be honest, it kept the Tenth Doctor in check. She was there to be like, look. Like in the fires of Pompeii, like save one. I know you can't mess with time, but please at least save one. And he does. He does save one. Um, and then that leads to there's a reason why um, Peter Capaldi has that face is to remind him to always be kind, to save one, to be the hero, to no matter what, no matter what the rules are, to break the rules, to be the be the better person, to save the day. You know what I mean? Um, and Donna kept him in check, and Donna was his best friend. There was no love, in, love interest. There was love there. There was real hard love, but it was a hard friendship. It was um, a bond that could never be broken, a pure friendship. And it really kept him in check. And as we know, after sort of Donna went, he, he, he went a bit Time Lord Victorious. And that's when it got to the point of like, okay, he's gotten too powerful. He's got to go. Um, and then obviously it was very sad, and I cried my eyes out when David went. Um but she was the best of him. She, he, I think, the doctor knew that, and I think it. Like he, he said, he says in this episode, he made me cry. Um, it, it, she goes, it, it killed me. It generally killed me to to wipe your memory to let you go, and it did, because he went, he he spiraled after Donna left, and he, like I said, he was going to the Time Lord victorious. It generally killed him. It led him down a path of, it led him down the path where he had to regenerate. 
um, both fig fig figuratively and literally. Um, and I think, you know, that motion still ha held strong with him all the way through Matt and Peter and even Jody. You know, it's one of those that what he had to do to Donna, um, I think that generally just scarred him for life. And I think that made him more cautious when it came to um, his adventures with companions and that sort of thing, which you can see if you if you pay attention, you can see it in Matt, Matt Smith and Amy Pond. You can see it in Clara and... Um, Clara and Bill um, with Peter Capaldi. You can see it with the fam um, with Jodie Whittaker. You can see these scarrings of of the effect it had when what when he had, when he did what he did to um, to Donna, um, and then what it did to us fans as well. But it's lovely to see her back. It's it's wonderful, and we do get answers, and we do get an ex uh, an explanation as to why um, the Donna can remember things, how she remembers things, um, and as to why. Um, the why Donna can remember him and not die. I was kind of wrong with my theory because um, I thought it had something to do with the Celestial Toymaker because my theory was, and I'll, I'll put it out there now, my theory was because the Celestial Toymaker is, 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 he's like a god, really. He is control of, he's very, very powerful. He has his own little pocket universe in which within it, he could make anything, anything uh, possible. And um, my theory was that the Celestial Toymaker is kind of like the viewer. He's kind of like a fan of the show. He's a fan of the Doctor. And that he brought back the old favourites, you know, the Tenth Doctor. He brought back uh, one of the favourites of the Tenth Doctor's companions, which is Donna Noble. And he brought them back together for his little game. And I thought the reason why she wasn't um, burning up was because either that she was in memory or that she was like a puppet. And that that was why she could remember. Um, again, that could possibly be true. We don't know because we haven't seen the next two episodes. We know the Toy Mac appears eventually and we know... Well, we know nothing about the wild blue yonder the next episode, but that's you know that's the thing is like these theories could still be right. We don't know anything. Like I said, at the end of this episode, we still have tons of tons and tons of questions unanswered, and it ends quite cryptically, uh, which again I'll I'll get into. Um, but that's the point I'm trying to make is the fact um, of Donna being back is very 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 lovely and to get the answers as to why she can be back and what that might mean um for her is lovely it really really is i don't like i said i don't think this might i don't think this will be the end that us done a noble that we will see but again we've got two more episodes so i might be wrong on that so don't quote me on it but it, it's nice to have her back while we have her um which is wonderful um Moving on to Beep the Meep. Of course, I'm going to talk about Beep the Meep. Beep the Meep's got its own section. Miri Margulies, as I mentioned in the introduction, it's absolutely inspired. It's one of the best casting decisions ever. And to actually see it on screen, her voice, she does a, an incredible job, absolutely incredible job of as the Meep. Um, and like I said, the, the Meep is evil. The Meep is not as calm and cute and as precious as the meep seems that's all a trick that's a trick to to basically manipulate you to let your guard down really so that the meep can stab you in the back both figuratively and literally and the meep will eat you afterwards just for the crack you know what i mean um so <laughs> i'm telling everybody like don't trust the meep don't do it because it ain't going to end well for you um but we meet we meet the meep in this one, and obviously Mira Margley, she does a very quick, 
like cute voice because meep meep will you help the meep will you will you will meep is so alone will you help me well i'm you alone too we can be alone together um oh will you be my friend and there's a really funny moment where <laughs> where Rose is in a shed and Meep's got the little toys and he's throwing them down like, will you be my friend? Will you be my friend? And Rose's like, no, they 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 can't talk. Like, they, they're, they're toys, you know, they're little human toys. And she opens it up and she takes the fluff out. And, <laughs> and uh, the Meep goes, ah, you pulled out his insides. Um, it's it's really cute sort of moment. I wasn't I was fooled. I won't be lying. Like I knew what was going to happen, and I knew the meep, who the meep was, and what the meep is. Um, but I even I was fooled because Miriam Margulies does a fantastic job. I was like, are they are they really going as far as are they going to change the character? Are they going to make the the character a hero? They're going to make a character a good guy? They're going to make the the Rafe Warrior, Raph Warriors. Um, bad guys instead are they going to subvert expectations of old fans of people who know the original story um which they don't like i said in the in the in the plot part they they stay quite true to the original um source material um but would beat the meep here so well done and when the meep turns evil it just ramps up and it's so it's it's great it really really is um, just to see the meep evil, and just because more of Miriam comes out, and I was waiting for an f bomb, or you know, it's her to drop the s bomb, or some sort of foul swear language. Um, to be honest, there has to be somewhere. The the BBC might never release it, but I'm sure when Miriam was recording in the studio, that a couple of f bombs and swears came out, and that footage, I I believe wholeheartedly. I don't know for a fact, but I know wholeheartedly there's a chance that that footage and that audio exists and i want to hear it because i would love to hear mary markley's as the meep just shout fuck <laughs> um this for her to say f you doctor <laughs> i'll be back sort of thing um but we don't you know, you know obviously it's bbc before the watershed so we, we don't get that but i'm sure that exists somewhere out there um and maybe maybe a big finish one day you know we'll get the beep swearing but yeah when the meep goes evil pure full-on margulies comes out and it's divine absolutely divine and i knew it i was i was so excited when he went evil i was just like yep i knew the meep was evil i knew they were going to keep the meep evil and it works so well um so yeah it was absolutely inspired it was really really incredible um and finally, you know, the doctor all is well. Another day saved. Uh, the doctor has saved the day, and um, we get to kind of see the interior of the TARDIS. Um, the doctor has uh, found, like, we have got. I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it because I know I've mentioned some spoilers here, um, but I want to kind of keep the. Um, even though more than likely if you listen to this, you've heard, you've already watched the episode. Um, but I want to keep sort of the um, re- revelation of why Donna can remember things and how the Doctor um, saves her and, and she gets her memories back. Um, I want to be very vague on how... I, I was, like, obviously, I've mentioned it already. She does. That does happen. Um but I won't talk about how because I feel like that's the most emotional part of it. There were many parts in this that I was crying and the parts that I cried the most at was when it, it came to a head where the doctor, for the whole episode, the doctor is trying to ignore um, the fact of not just talking to Donna, but he's trying to ignore the, to, to bring up the, like she keeps asking, who are you? 
and he's like um uh, and every now and then luckily something happens and he's like oh well we've got gotta go sort of thing and he, he's able to squirm out of it but they finally get to a situation where they're both basically locked in in a room um and the the dino basically he's stuck he can't get out of it he can't squirm she's there and he has to tell her to save the day um the 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 truth from who he is and and why he cares so much um and that was really really powerful like generally sad really really sad really emotional tears down my eyes um it was happy tears it was sad tears yeah i don't want to spoil it but she does get her memory back and it's a lovely way that they do it um and at the end near to, near, at the very end um Donna's there with her family, with her mum, with her husband, with her daughter Rose. Um, and she's like, Well, can we like go on one adventure? And her mum's like, No, can't go on an adventure. And the doctor's like, Yeah, probably not. Um, and then he's like, Well, I was thinking, let's go and see Wilfred, you know. And she's like, Oh, yeah, let's go see Wilfred. So they go in. And it's honestly, it was the interior of the TARDIS, the way they've done it, it feels like, I, to be honest, when I saw it, I, my first thought was this suits shooting. Like I know we first see the fourteenth Doctor in this TARDIS, but it sh- it suits Shooty Gawa so well. Obviously, I don't even I haven't even seen his Doctor yet. I don't even know how his Doctor is going to be, how his Doctor is going to act, uh, how, what kind of Doctor he's going to be. Um, but instantly, I was just like, this TARDIS was going to suit uh, Shooty so well because I would imagine this is the TARDIS that is going to be for him. He's the one that's going to go on the adventures in this TARDIS. Um, that's my guess anyway. They might change it. This this might just be just might just be the TARDIS for the 14th Doctor. Um, but the 14th Doctor fits in so well with it. it. The console looks new. But again, what I love about this whole episode, and I know I keep mentioning it, but this whole episode feels retro, retro modern, retro chic. Um, it feels modern with a retro zing to it. It feels like a classic adventure but also it feels like a modern adventure. It feels like an adventure of old in modern times. And I, I don't know how to explain that. It's just one of those things of like, when you see it, you'll get what I mean. Um, and the same when you look at the TARDIS, you look at the console room, they have the round things back. You know what I mean? What are the round things? I have no idea, but they have the round things back. Um, and the console looks old, but it looks new. It has different dials, but it has old-fashioned dials. And the Doctor's running around. You, you actually have David Tennant like a big kid. And I'd like to believe this is probably the first time that David got to see uh, the interior of the TARDIS. I like to think like uh, Richard was like, look, you're going to enter the TARDIS, and I want you to just do what you would do if you was a fan. This is my interpretation. Uh, because I haven't watched um, the BBC Extra uh, Doctor Who Unleashed yet. So I don't know this if this was true or not. I literally came straight from watching the the show to recording this. So I will after this I will go and watch the um Doctor Who Unleashed episode. Um but that's how I like to think because that's how he was when David sees the TARDIS, when he walks in. And it's the same with Donna as well, because Donna's with him as he as he comes in. She's very much of shock and she's like, Oh well, and I was very much of I was smiling, I was like, Yes, I love it. And he he literally he runs laps. He runs laps, he runs up and down um down ladder not ladders, but he goes up and down walkways, he walk he runs around. It's so big, like it's grand. You can tell that Doctor Who has a budget. Finally, the Doctor Doctor Who has a budget. Um, because it feels like a movie. 
all like the way everything about it just feels cinematic. I was watching it on on BBC HD, um, which I recommend if you're going to watch Doctor or Doctor, always watch it in HD if you can. Um, and it, it was just, it it for me it was it was, yeah, it was it was it it tingled every single nerd fiber in my body. It was lovely, um, and yeah, absolutely gorgeous it really suits david's doctor the 14th doctor but it i feel like when we get to see shooty run around um it's gonna suit him as well and and it changes colors the round things changes colors when he gets in there it's it's all white it's all very sterile and white and then when he's playing with the controls all around him it's changing colors and he goes from purple to green now me i love purple so if i was a doctor i would have a purple i'd have a purple tardis inlay because i love uh, purple um but like there's, there's bits of purple everywhere and you got the round things back and it's it's just lovely really weird and there's like so much they could do because it's got so much space and there's loads of different doors it reminds it reminds me of uh the first time we ever get to see the 11th doctor's um interior it's kind of like that um yeah but it's also very retro as well which is what i like i, I like that as well and there's so much they can do with this interior because like there's so much room um Maybe like they could put a big screen, like they, maybe these dots could make a giant screen and then the Doctor can do what he did in the classic ones, where instead of just running outside the door to find out where he is, he'll pull up on the scanner and he used to look on the scanner to see where he is, to see, you know, is 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 it breathable? Can I go outside? Am I actually on a planet or am I in, in some sort of building? Um, which I love that from watching the classic episodes now because we're on BBC iPlayer. That I get to get witness those things. Like, yeah, the Doctor didn't just... He didn't always used to run out the TARDIS. He used to actually go on the scanner first to see where he is. Um, so they could do that. I, I don't know. Uh, we haven't really got to see this TARDIS in, in, in action yet. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what can be done. There's so much space. And obviously, Shooter being very young and being very agile. And David Tennant being very young and agile still, to be honest. Um, so I'd love to see him run around uh, the TARDIS. But um, to wrap things up... It leaves a big question: What next? Because there is still a lot of que- still a lot of questions. Um, like, where where's the celestial toy maker? How does he factor into all this? Um, like at the end, like beep the meep, uh, he gets uh, taken to prison by the Wrath Warriors. But before they take him away, he goes, um, "I'm going to let my boss know about you." And then he disappears. And even the Fourteenth Doctor goes, "Oh, very cryptic. Who's his boss?" Is his boss? Because um, obviously, beat the me in in the in the story. He works for himself. He, he's very much um, sort of his own sort of crime boss, really. So I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know who his boss is. Um, who's telling him what to do and who's he working for? Is it Celestial Toymaker? I don't know. Is it a villain that we already have known and seen? I don't know. Is it a new villain? We simply don't know. Um, so. In terms of what next, it's it's a big question. It really, really is. But that's all Doctor is about. Big question marks. You know, question marks everywhere. I do miss when the Doctor used to wear question marks, by the way. But that's another topic for another day. Um, but I love how we get that sort of transition into um, how we get there. Um, it's a very funny moment. So the, the, the Doctor and the, and the Donna, they're just having a chat around sort of the console. And Donna's trying to convince him of that look. Maybe the reason this face came back is kind of to amend the wrongs 
of the past um, and that maybe what you need is just friends you know you always seem to run off you there's there's always a goodbye with you you never stick around um, and maybe you should stick around and just have friends you know go for a, you know come come around the house sit down have a cup of tea <laughs> meet Wilfred you know have a chat that sort of thing um, and Donna the doctor gives uh, Donna because they have a coffee machine in in the um, console he just comes out pours a coffee for Donna and Donna's sipping the coffee and Donna being Donna being clumsy and who she is um, she goes well have a cup of tea and as she says tea she flings uh, the, the the cup and all its contents over the console and that haywires everything and a fire everywhere and I'm like oh god here we go Donna you've got a brand new console and you've ruined it already <laughs> classic Donna and they're off and the doctor the last words the doctor says is the fact of we can go anywhere and anywhere in time and space i don't know and it just ends um so where next i don't know like i said the next episode being the wild blue yonder it's the most secretive episode of them all when I, i've bought doctor who magazine um these past few months and as the months gone on they have spoken about um the star beast they've spoken about that one in full really um and they spoke a bit about the giggle which is the third and final uh, special. Um, but Wild Blue Yonder, hardly anything. Actually, I have here, I think, it's is it in my Beep the Meep special or is it in the 60th anniversary special one? Let me have a look. Um, do, 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 do. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> uh, doing through visuals, the star beast. Hey, Wild Blue Yonder, right? So, in my 60th anniversary copy of the magazine, um, they have a preview section, and in each preview section is, is each of the specials. Uh, for example, the star beast one, it gives you the essential info, telling you the day when it was on, who's 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 starring in it, and it'll give you a synopsis of the episode in a nutshell. So, for this one, it is a spaceship crashes in North London. Not that Donna Noble um, notices. Uh, she had other things on her mind besides there's no such thing as aliens right but then one turns up in her garden shed the meep voiced by Miriam Margulies another the doctor David Tennant uh, barges into her kitchen by the time by the time a squadron of WAF warriors shows up on her doorstep the noble family must face facts Donna's past is catching up with her and her mind is about to be blown to kind of give you an idea synopsis and there's pictures right and it, and it goes into big detail about breaking down sort of what we potentially ha we'll see in this episode right now i go to the next page and it goes while blue yonder and there are three pictures and they're all very vague it's just the doctor and donna in what looks to be a very blue concrete mechanical place that's it right um and all we have really have of it is essential inf information broadcast the 2nd of December 2023, starring David Tennant, Catherine Tate, and redacted, redacted, redacted. Genuinely, it just says redacted. Th that is it. Um, and then when it says in a nutshell, sort of breaking down the episode, it just goes, the TARDIS takes the Doctor and Donna on a journey to a, a faraway, mysterious place and abandons them in the middle of, a, of hostile action. And that, that's it. That's it. That, that, that like and there's a quote section right so this is quote so this is the quote unquote section this is just quotes from the episode um there's one hope a, me a mechanism on board the tardis called the hads hostile action displacement system if the tardis is in danger it goes away donna goes where doctor anywhere and it only comes back when the danger is gone i turned it off years ago i mean i'd never land anywhere once 
um, spent three years in orbit, I thought, oh, turn off the HADS. But if the TARDIS was rebuilding itself, maybe it clicked back on. Donna, but that means we've landed in the middle of hostile action. Doctor, yeah. Donna, there's something so bad the, do- the TARDIS ran away. The Doctor, yeah. Donna, then we go kick its ass. Obviously, David, uh, we've seen this bit in the trailer. Well, a slimmed down version. And obviously, Catherine Tate and Dotan do a lot better a sort of rendition of this than I ever will. But that's it. Um, and it, even here, like when it, I want, I'm not going to sit and read what is written here about the episode. But from what I remember, from and just having a quick scan at the moment, um, it's very redacted. It really doesn't talk about this episode at all. Um, it doesn't. It talks more about the other episodes and the other characters, and that that's about it, really. So um, there's a quote here by Russell T. Davis going, "This was a chance to see where the Doctor and Donna have been and what they like, what what they're like in extreme circumstances." So I don't know. I really don't. Um, anybody's guess is as good as mine, and like they don't even have a part for the giggle here. So there's not even. We don't even know anything about that. Um, and they have a section about the, the Celestial Toy Maker, uh, Neil Patrick Harris and his run as, as the Toy Maker and that sort of thing, uh, where Michael Goh originally played him. But yeah, that's kind of give you an idea that we generally have no idea what's next. And I I welcome that. Like I know that I like to know what happens next. And one of my favorite parts of Doctor Who is generally be, get, seeing those what next parts at the end of every episode just to kind of be like, oh, who's the next bad guy? Who's the next villain? Who's coming up? And that sort of thing. Um, but we don't get that here. And so I'm excited, but I'm terrified. Because the idea that this is going to see what Donna and um, the Doctor are like under extreme circumstances. What are those circumstances? You know, what was so scary that made the TARDIS run away? You know what I mean? Um, terrifying. All we really have is a photo um, online and it is literally the doctor and Donna in like a blue environment with a tiny little robot that's it so yeah i'm looking forward to it so that i to, for what's next i really don't know nobody knows apart from russell t davis and uh david tennant and donna noble um but yeah that is my overall thoughts and feelings on uh the star beast to be honest like i said if i could sum it in one word it was absolutely lovely Really, really lovely. I enjoyed it from start to finish. I was in grit. I was grinning. Uh, I was in tears, um, and it was all happy tears. Like there were moments that were sad. Like generally, there were very sad moments, but it was mostly because they were revelation moments. Um, but overall, it was mostly happy tears. And like I said, it was just lovely to see the Doctor and Donna back. That's all I really wanted. That's all anybody's really wanted is, is to see them two back. Um, and if you're a big Finnish fan, they have gone on sort of adventures together. Um, but to see them both on screen together, even if he is a different incarnation of the Doctor, he's still the Doctor. He's still David Tennant. She's still Catherine Tate, and she's still Donna Noble. And you can never take that away from either of them. And on screen, they are just magical together. And I I love it. I really do. I think Rusty Davis should pat himself on the back. He's done a very fantastic job here. And I loved it. I really did. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on, on Star Beast on episode one. Um, let me know what you thought down below. If you're listening on YouTube, I want to know your comments and all that. So put it down below. If you're not listening um, on YouTube and you're on Spotify, then hit me up on Twitter at NerdSurgical underscore pod. I want to know what people think. Um, do people like this one? Do people not like it? Are people fed up of seeing David Tennant? Um, 
did you not like the meep? Did you love the meep? Whatever it is, whether it be positive, negative, or middle of the road, I want to know at the end of the day because, like I said, this is a new thing. They're going in a new direction. They're trying new things. You know, Doctor Who is changing, and with it comes change. And a lot and humans don't like change. Um, so I want to know. I want to know what people think, if they liked it or didn't like it. So let me know, however you can, either in the comment section down below or on Twitter. I want to know people's thoughts. So, uh, yeah. So I have been your host, Luke the Human. You've been listening to the Nerd Stagit podcast, and I will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye, or as the doctor would say, allons-y. <laughs>